Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. But I'm telling you that you're transgressing the commandment of God. Now, now, now here's the difference. Is that they're mad that the disciples are transgressing the commandment of the elders. And Jesus is mad because they transgress the commandment of God. That they've made the commandment of elders greater than the commandment of God. They have made what is cultural biblical. And Jesus doesn't even answer them. He just goes into telling them what they've been doing wrong. He said, you say, honor your father and mother. For God commanded to honor your father and mother. And he that curseth his father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, whosoever say to his father or his mother, it is a gift. By whatsoever you might be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites. Basically what it's saying is, look, you're trying to get a splinter out of my disciples' eyes, and you got a beam sticking out of your eye. Why are you worried about that, but you're not worried about, you're really not worried about the commandment of God. You just want to make sure your traditions are kept. You just want to fight about something. He said, I feel like Isaiah. That the people draw nigh unto me with their mouth. And honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for the doctrines, the commandment of men. And he called the multitude to him. He said, listen, listen, listen. This is what I got to say. Hear and understand. Not that which goeth in the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. This defileth a man. And watch what his disciples say in verse 12. In verse 12, he said, his disciples came and said, hey, uh, did you know that the Pharisees were offended? I reckon he did. Hey, did you know that you really offended the Pharisees when you said that? When, when you were bold and you, just, and you called them out? Don't, don't you know you offended them? And Jesus said, every plant which is heavenly, the Father hath not... Every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Leave them alone. Let the blind be the leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into a ditch. Peter answered and said, well, could you declare to us the parable? Could you clear the air? Could you tell us what you're talking about? Jesus said, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. He said, are you also without understanding? Don't you know? You see, Jesus is a little bit agitated. You're going to see this throughout the whole chapter of Matthew 15 that Jesus is quick to tell somebody real fast, what's your problem? Amen. He said, do you not understand that whatsoever entereth at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out in the draught? But those things which proceedeth out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. They 
they are upset because they're eating with dirty hands. And it's going to give them a sickness or a disease or it's going to defile the inside. But Jesus is saying, don't worry about that. What you really need to worry about is what's coming out of your heart. Not what's going in your mouth, what's coming out of your mouth. Because we know that what comes out of the mouth, out of the mouth, the abundance of the heart speaketh. And he said, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. They defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. He said, these are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. That's not, that's not biblical, that's just cultural. You probably should wash your hands before you eat. You probably should wash your hands when you leave the bathroom. Glory. Somebody needs to get that one locked down. Put that one on your calendar. Check it off. Wash your hands, man. But not washing your hands ain't going to send you to hell. The Pharisees are so caught up on what's happening on the outside of a man that they've forgotten is what's happening on the inside of a man that defileth a man. Yeah, let me tell you what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying evil doesn't start on the outside. Evil starts on the inside. Murders don't start on the outside. It starts on the inside. Adultery starts on the inside. Fornication starts on the inside. Fevery and false reporting and blasphemy, that starts in here. That's the heart of a man. You got to get your heart right. Hey. Now let me tell you, if Jesus is working on the inside of you, it's going to show up on the outside of you. Oh, hallelujah. I don't, I don't want none of y'all safe folk getting mad talking about pastor preaching. It don't, it don't matter what you look like. It does matter what you look like. Yes, sir. If God's working on the inside of you, it's going to show up on the outside of you. You better believe that something's going to change the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you look, the way you act, the way you dress. If God's doing the work on the inside, it's going to show up on the outside. But we want God to do the work on the outside so that we can feel good about it. And we can slap hands and say, look at the conversion. Hallelujah. But God is worried about what's happening on the inside of your heart. He's upset. He's offended the Pharisees. Because they're worried about being defiled on the outside and the inside. They're worried about being surrounded by by, by filth and they, they're so caught up in these things Jesus leaves this place in verse 21 and he departs into the coast of Tyre and Sidon now if you don't know what Tyre and Sidon is Tyre and Sidon has been connected with Sodom and Gomorrah it is not a good place it is the den of evil. Tyre and Sidon are cities conjoined that encompass all kinds of sin, all kinds of debauchery, all kinds of filth. Tyre and Sidon is, is synonymous with Sodom and Gomorrah. It is not a good place. Why would Jesus 
leave where he was and go to this place. I believe one of the reasons that Jesus did this in this moment is to make a point that it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. It's matter, it matters what's happening on the inside. Is that I can be in the worst place and still live for God. I can be surrounded by the worst of humanity and still be a light for the name of Jesus. I can be surrounded with filth and debauchery and sinners on every hand. But I can still be who God called me to be and do what God called me to do. I can still be a witness. I can still be a light. I can still be victorious. Just because Jesus went to Tyre and Sidon didn't mean that he changed from being Jesus. No, all the miracles that I could do in Jerusalem, I could do them right here in Tyre and Sidon. Because where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. I want to tell somebody, I don't care. You don't have to be in church to be Christian. You don't have to have a suit and tie on to be Christian. You can be Christian in your homeroom class. You can be a Christian on the break room at your job. You can be a Christian on the airplane. You can be a Christian surrounded by people drinking and smoking and cutting up. I can do it anywhere. Anywhere I want to be, what God called me to be, I can be it. My surroundings don't determine who I am. Let me say it again. My surroundings do not determine who I am. I'm a man of God whether I'm here or whether I'm there. It doesn't matter what position I'm in. It doesn't matter what my surroundings are. It doesn't doesn't matter what my environment is. My environment doesn't change me. I pray God let me change my environment. Yeah. Jesus is still Jesus entire inside him. He's still powerful, and he's still recognizable. Maybe Jesus was going down to Tyre and Sidon to get away from all those religious folks. Maybe he wanted to be around some sinners for a while. Because these religious people always bothering him. Always fighting him on every hand. Maybe he said, you know what, I'm going to go down here to Tyre and Sidon, and I'm going to hang out with all, all these Canaanites all these Gentiles that don't know nothing and then maybe somebody will leave me alone and let me just enjoy myself. But he can't. Because you can't hide Jesus. You can't hide Jesus. Everybody needs the Lord. There isn't a place that you can go on this planet where there's not somebody that needs a touch from the Lord. Let me say that again. There isn't a place you can go There isn't an environment you can be in. There isn't people you can be around. I don't care where you're at. If you're around human beings, there's somebody in that room that needs a touch from the Lord. There's somebody in that place that needs a word from God. There's somebody in that. Somebody's looking for somebody who knows how to get a hold of Jesus. Somebody's looking for somebody who knows how to get a hold of the Lord. Everywhere you go, somebody needs something from God. This is Tyre and Sidon. This, uh, this is a place of, of shame. This is a place of debauchery. This is a place of filth. This is a place of evil. This is where the Canaanite, this is pagan worship. This is pagan worship 101. There's idols set up on the corners of the streets. Every home has an idol in it. It's just the way they live. People are walking around with idols around their necks. People are walking around looking all kinds of crazy. This is the worst of the worst. And Jesus is right in the middle of it. 
Hallelujah. And here comes a woman. A mother. Somebody say a mother. Here come this woman of Canaan. She came out of the same coast. And she cried saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. She is a nobody. She is nothing. She is looked down upon. Society has already told her who she is. She knows exactly where she comes on the totem pole of importance to Jesus. She is a Gentile. She has no right to even talk to this man. Jesus, up to this point, has never stepped out of his calling to the people of Israel. The only time that Jesus has at this point stepped out of his calling to the people of Israel is when he went down to Samaria and spoke to a woman by a well. But she was Samaritan. So therefore, she was half Jew. Because that's what a Samaritan is. A Samaritan is half Jew, half Gentile. That's why the Samaritans were looked down upon so grievously by the Jews. It's because they were half-breeds. you got to remember the time and the environment, the cultural and the political scheme that's happening at the time of Jesus. There is a anarchy, a monarchy, and, and the way this thing is set up is that in the Jews' eyes, Jews are at the top. And then you have Samaritans, which are half-Jews. And then below them, you have Gentiles. Everybody who ain't a Jew. Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, all the ites. And if you're not a Jew or you're not a, a Samaritan, then you're the lowest of the low. And not only is she a Canaanite woman, a pagan woman, a, probably a pagan worshiper, Jesus probably could have looked at her and said, look, I know your daughter's vexed of a devil because you probably got a devil in your home right now. Probably got an idol in your closet that you've been worshiping and praying to. And of course your daughter's vexed because of the way you live and the lifestyle you live. And you're praying to gods that ain't right. And you're letting all kinds of spirits in your house. And we'd all be like, get her Jesus, get her. Get her Jesus. Because that's what me and you want to do sometimes. Want to tell everybody what's wrong with them. Want to tell everybody what the problem is. Well, let me tell you why you're this way. Let me tell you why. But they don't want to know why. They want to know what's my way out. What's my way out? This woman is desperate. She's desperate. And when you're desperate, you don't care about position and power. When you're desperate, you don't care who's watching you. When you're desperate, you, it, it doesn't matter the environment that you find yourself in. When you're desperate, something changes about all of those things. This lady is desperate. And she cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is vexed with the devil. Verse 23. But he answered her not a word. He ignored her. Because this is, Jesus is going to offend everybody chapter. He's in a mood. He done offended the Pharisees. He done offended the disciples. Now he's offended her, and he's going to keep on offending people. He's ignoring her now. She's crying out, Lord, have mercy, my, my, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. He just 
He pays her no attention. He answers her not a word. And finally, his disciples come and they say, Lord, would you do something with her? Send her away because now she's crying after us. Now she's bothering me, Lord. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I ain't here for her. At the moment that Jesus ignored her, most of us would have been gone. Oh, no, he didn't. I'm out. Ignore me. I'm somebody. Most of us would have been walked away. But now he says, I'm not here for her. I want nothing to do with her. I'm here only for the lost sheep of Israel. I'm here right now in Tyre and Sidon, not for Tyre and Sidon. I'm not, this is not an evangelistical moment. I'm not here to convert Tyre and Sidon. I'm here to show those Pharisees and those Jews back there that I could be in the middle of all this filth and still be Jesus. I'm here. This is a I'm this is an object lesson right now. I'm 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 showing them something. I'm teaching my disciples something. This is a this is a field trip in the tire and siding. I ain't got time to be saving nobody. I ain't got time to be healing nobody. I'm not here for that. I'm not here for her. I'm here for the lost sheep of Israel. Watch what she does. The Bible says, then came she and worshiped him. Saying, Lord, help me. I don't care who you are, where you're from, what your last name is, what your mama did, what your daddy did, what your past looks like. I don't care how crazy it's been. I don't care how upside down it's been. If you could just worship the Lord, I promise you something will happen if you worship the Lord. I come to preach to some mamas today. There's some of you mamas sitting in this room. You got trouble with your kids. You don't know what's going on. You got trouble in your marriage. You're struggling. You don't have answers. Let me give you a way out right now. Just begin to worship the Lord. If you just worship him and say, Lord, help me. The cry of a desperate mother cannot be dwindled by the crowd. The cry of a desperate mother cannot be dwindled by circumstances. The cry of a desperate mother cannot be dwindled by people who want to put you in your place. This woman needs a word from God. She bows down and worships him. She says, Lord, help me. Watch verse 26. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. What? We definitely would have been gone right here. Every one of us in this room right now, if we'd have come to Jesus and said, Lord, help me, and he said, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't help dogs, we would have packed up. We probably would have tried to swing on him. We tried to put hands on Jesus. I know you didn't call me no dog. What'd you call me? You call me me a dog? Me? A me? I'm a dog. Some of y'all don't left churches for much less than that. Preacher done preach something you ain't like, you got up and left. 
see that preaching up there preaching all that, trying to make me feel condemned. Now that's not that's not condemnation. That's conviction. There's a difference, my friend. Some of us struggle with that sometimes. And Jesus is just being real with her. He said, "Look, I, it, 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 that ain't right for me." to take what belongs to the children of Israel and give it to the Gentiles, which is your dogs. It's not meat for me to take the children's food and give it to a dog. I mean, I'm I'm waiting for the pocketbook to come out, you know, flying. It's amazing in this moment that Jesus does not want to help this woman. It is very obvious that Jesus is pushing back in this moment. He has ignored her. He has said, I'm not here for her. And now he has accosted her verbally, calling her a dog. It is obvious that Jesus wants out of this moment. He is not here for her. This is not what he's here. It's not what it's about. He's moving on. He has tried three different times now to let her know, I'm not here for you. He ignored her, he's pushed her away, and now he has offended her by calling her a dog. All of these things. This is one of the only times in your Bible, in the New Testament, where you will see God pushing away from from someone. He tells Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down out of the tree. I need to go eat with you today. He tells that centurion, he says, listen, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel because that centurion understood authority. Blind Bartimaeus yells and screams and cries until Jesus says, hey, what can I do for you? And when he says, what can I do for you? He opens his blinded eyes. When the four men lower their friend down into the house, the Bible says that Jesus sees their faith and speaks to the man, thy sins be forgiven thee. All throughout the word of God, as people are coming to Jesus We see in that story, Jesus somehow coming to them as well. We see a hand outstretched, God help me. And we see in the story, we we see in the lines of the story, somehow Jesus saying, I am here to help you as well. This is the only story where Jesus pushes away, ignores, turns away. And now offends. I'm not here for you. And it is not meat for me to take the children's bread. And cast it to dogs. If this woman walks away at this point in the story. Me and you both. Would you shake our head. And say I can't believe. Jesus did that to her. I can't believe. What I just saw. However. A desperate mother. can't get something out of God that even God don't want to give. Did you know a desperate mother can pray a prayer that God cannot ignore? A desperate mother can speak things into the heavens that God cannot turn his attention away from. A desperate mother can fall on her knees and cry out to the Lord with such power, tenacity, and authority that the God of all creation cannot turn his gaze he cannot turn his spirit away from what that mother wants and desires 
I come to encourage a mama in this house today. You keep praying, mama. You keep speaking, mama. You keep declaring. You keep declaring the word of the Lord. God will answer the prayer of a desperate mama. I don't care how far they're gone. Keep praying. I don't care how low they've gone. Keep praying. I don't care how great the obstacle is. Keep praying. Whatever you got to do, even if you feel like God is ignoring me, you keep on praying. Because the cry of a desperate mother can stop Jesus in his tracks. Jesus does not want to heal this lady's daughter. He's not there for her. I cannot give the children's meat to the dogs. Watch what she says in verse 27. She said, you're right. You're right, Lord, truth. You're right. Yet, yet. The dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. You know, I... I see what you're doing here, Jesus. I see the, 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 the lineup you got going here. It's the Jews, it's the Samaritans, and it's us down here with the dogs. You see, but I understand that Jesus is not calling her a stray mongrel. If you go look this word up, and I didn't even say this in the first service, which I did. If you go look this word up, the word dog, it's almost as if God is calling her a pet like a puppy, like a dog that lives in the house that knows his place. He is telling this lady, lady, know your place. And she said, okay, I know my place, but even in this place, I can get the crumbs. Even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the master's table. And Jesus cannot ignore her any longer. And he says, oh woman. <laughs> Woo! Oh woman. Woo! That word right there. That, that, that phrase, oh woman. Oh woman. See, I know that there ain't nothing like a stubborn woman. Before you throw a shoe at me, give me a minute. <laughs> Women are stubborn. There ain't nothing more powerful on this planet than a woman that knows she's right. Say it ain't so. Or maybe a woman that thinks she's right. Won't give up, won't back down a bit. Might as well get your checkbook out and start scribbling, sir. When a woman has made up her mind, it's game over. Sometimes it takes a while because you have the spirit of meekness and kindness that comes along with many of the female emotions. So it may take a while to get a woman to that place. I'm sure this woman didn't start off desperate. I'm sure she probably started off concerned, troubled. What's wrong with my baby? I, I'm sure there were moments. But now we're talking about a woman that's got a made-up mind. Now we're talking about a woman, she's desperate now. She ain't moving from this place. 
Jesus says, oh woman, great is thy faith. <laughs> I didn't even know I was here for you. I came down here to tire and side on to teach somebody a lesson. But I found great faith in Tyre and Sidon. I found great faith where there was a mother who called out with all of her strength and said, Lord, I'm not leaving until I get a word. My daughter, my daughter needs a touch from the Lord. My daughter, my child, my situation, my circumstance. I'm not leaving until God speaks a word into my life that changes me. Here's the thing. Me and you are focused on Jesus ignoring her. We are focused on Jesus saying, I'm not here for her. We're focused on Jesus offending her. But that woman is focused on a little girl. Me and you are we're looking at the wrong characters in the story. This woman don't care about being offended. She don't care about what Jesus is thinking. She don't care that the disciples are, are giving her the cold. She don't care about none of that. All she cares about is I got a baby at home that needs God. I don't care. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Say whatever you want to say to me. Act ever how you want to act. But I got a baby at home that needs God. I wonder if there's some desperate mothers in this room today that will say, I don't care what's going on. I don't care who's watching me. I don't care what they think about me. I got a baby at home that needs a touch from the Lord. I got babies that need God. I'm going to pray over them. I'm going to speak over them. I'm going to declare the word of God over their lives. My boys, my babies, my girls, they're going to be saved in Jesus' name. I rebuke the hand of the devourer from off of my children today. Come on. Is there a desperate mother who will pray a desperate prayer to a mighty God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me all over the room. Great faith. Great faith doesn't always look the way we think it looks. Great faith is not always glamorous. Great faith is not always a great story to tell. Sometimes great faith looks like crawling down cobblestone streets. Sometimes great faith looks like tearing up a roof. Sometimes great faith looks like climbing a tree. Sometimes great faith looks like facing down a giant with armies on both sides watching every step. But sometimes great faith. Sometimes great faith is just showing up over and over and over and over and over and over no sling no stone no tree no voice just over and over and over again I'm back Lord I'm back here I am again I'm gonna pray it one more time save my babies Lord here I am again it's another Monday morning. It's another Tuesday morning. It's another Sunday service. 
I'm back in the same place. Same bat place, same bat time, saying the same bat prayer. God, do a work in my family. My children will be saved. God, do a work in my family. My husband will be saved. God, do a work in my family. My family will be saved. Sometimes great faith looks like walking past an offense to get to a miracle. How far will you go? How far will you go? I wonder today if there's any mother in this room who has questions that cannot be answered, struggles that cannot be quantified, darkness that is a challenge to shine light on, or there's a mother in here that has a desperate prayer inside of her that will say God I'm not leaving until I get a word this lady refused to give up and he said oh woman great is thy faith be it unto thee even as thou will and her daughter was made whole from that very hour Sometimes pushing through is not glamorous, but it'll get you what you need. Sometimes just keep on praying. It ain't always the best sideshow, but it'll get you what you need. Sometimes you may feel like my prayers are only reaching the ceiling. Sometimes you feel like God's ignoring me. God's not listening to my prayer. But don't you let it stop you, mama. You keep on praying. You keep on worshiping. You, you keep on showing up. You keep on doing what you know you ought to do. God is an on-time God. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be on time. If you believe it right now, put your hands in the air. Lift up your voice. I'm going to open this altar for any mother that would like to come and pray a desperate prayer. This altar is open. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.